Hello and welcome to Canon Rent Sound of Play 86.
Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. Joining me, Ryan Heyman, in Sound of Play 86 is Charlotte Cutts. Hi, everybody. Is that the correct way to pronounce the name? Because I know that uh, every region has has Charlotte's pronounced a little differently. <laughs> no, no, that's that's perfect. Um, people out Excellent. here tend to pronounce my name Charlotte, which I really, really don't like. So how you is pronounce it? Is that the, the French perfect. way to do it? Is it? Um, no, that's the German way to pronounce oh, it. Is Charlotte, which I I just can't stand that pronunciation. Mm. But sometimes I'm too polite to correct people. So <laughs> <laughs> usually I'm not very picky about names. I get like Ryan and Brian a lot. And oh. like really, if you want to like add letters to my name, I'm totally okay with that. I just really can't afford to have any taken away, because that wouldn't leave <laughs> me with very much at all. Um, but uh, yeah, as long as people make solid eye contact with me and I know who they're talking to, <laughs> then the message is communicated and I am okay with that. Um, but you are, uh, you're living in Germany right now. That's, um, uh, what is it that, that brings you over there? I lived in Germany for a year during my undergraduate studies and I just enjoyed it so much. I decided to come back hmm. and then I returned the summer of 2014 and had a, got a job out here and did a master's degree out here and I just kind of never left. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Why don't we give a little bit of a, a brief introduction to you? Now you do some some podcasting and recording. Where would our uh, probably mutual listeners know you from? Well, actually they wouldn't know me from anything yet really because um, mm. I've been working on a podcasting project with Andrew Brown for a while, but it's taking a little while to come together. Um, what I mainly do is I mainly write. So I've written things um, on the Destructoid community blogs. Um, I have written things for Skirmish Frogs, a retro uh, gaming collective site. Um, I've written an, an article for Kane and Rince as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Brown will be a familiar name to fans of Sound of Play. He was on our Legend of Zelda long series special. Uh, that was the first of our like series retrospective specials. Um, and even since the time of recording that, <laughs> there has been an abundance of amazing Zelda music. So uh, maybe in some years down the line, we'll have to revisit the Zelda well. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, he's a, he's a, a good sort, <laughs> a good one to, uh, to be recording alongside. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. Listeners heard an interesting song on the way in. Uh, they're uh, probably scratching their head. Of course, we don't introduce the first song on the way in. That uh, is just kind of a, a dropping them straight into the music. If I were to have heard that song, I, I don't know if I would have guessed correctly what game it was from. I would have probably guessed like Space Chem or something. But uh, actually, this is a piece from Little Big Planet 3. Do you want to introduce that to us? Yeah, this song is called Introvert, and it's by a band called Koan, Cohen Sound. Um, mm -hmm. They're a two-piece um, group from Bristol in the United Kingdom, um, where I'm originally from. And um, basically, they do a lot of dance music, uh, trip-hop style tunes, and they've been on the radio quite a lot in the UK and they've toured with Skrillex before. Um, but yeah, I picked this because um, I've completely fallen in love with the Little Big Planet series, um, precisely mm. because they tend to pick 
um, remixes of really popular tunes, maybe things that people know from adverts. And they just fit it together with this really pretty art style, this really compelling art style. Um, and I played Little Big Planet 3 um, last weekend because it's it was on PS Plus. And I That's right. completed the main storyline. Yeah. <laughs> and I completed the main storylines within about 24 hours. I was just cruising, like not cruising, that's the wrong word, pushing all the way through it because I just wanted to pl- to absorb all of it um Mm -hmm. just quickly my history with little big planet is a very emo well not emotional but um i have a lot of strong opinions strong feelings for the little big planet series because little big planet 2 was the first game that i got with my ps3 and i got my ps3 in 2015 when i was just starting to get back into gaming and it's the first thing i switched on and i heard stephen fry's voice and thought wow this is um this is so much different from what i experienced when i was playing ps2 (laughs) when i was 12 Mm -hmm. this is just amazing and from then on i've just been playing games compulsively since (laughs) the uh, little big planet series has been it's a divisive one i will say there's a lot of people that really like it and a lot of people that really don't Mm -hmm. and um yeah i've always really appreciated especially as you mentioned Uh, The soundtracks for the entire series have been loaded with a lot of really interesting original compositions. Um, The uh, composition team, the in-house team uh, who wrote a lot of the music, went on to do the also excellent soundtrack for Tearaway. But uh, there's also a lot of of, uh, licensed music and usually more obscure stuff. You're not going to get the like top 40 hits or anything like that, but it's... Uh, it, it kind of comes together to feel like someone put together a, a really thoughtful mixtape for the game. And every song has its own little kind of bizarre, quirky sound to it. <laughs> and it's, uh, I, yeah, there's always a lot of fun and um, really complements the extremely diverse aesthetic design of the game as well. A series of which I continue to be a fan. I, I do have the third one and I've been meaning to jump back into it, but I, I do have my little sack boy or sack person now, I suppose it is. I want to keep it more kind of gender neutral in the later editions. Although I think sack boy kind of like rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> regardless. Uh, I have him uh, dressed up like the hunter from Bloodborne and that is <laughs> uh, that amuses me to no end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the best thing about Little Big Planet 3 is that you don't just have the sack person, you also have um, a mm, sack, right. a sack lump. I don't know how to describe him. Just this big, <laughs> portly fellow, and then you mm. have a sack dog and a sack bird. And I was just like texting people saying, "Oh my god, you have to play this PS Plus game. It's got a sack dog in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great." <laughs> a, yeah, the dog looks like um, like Yoshi's friend from uh, Yoshi's Woolly World on 3DS. A little bit. Oh, don't get me started on Poochie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's hard to dislike Yoshi and all of his little friends and adventures. Uh, but anyways, let's move on to a uh, another very different type of track. Uh, this is a fun one that I discovered while I was listening to the uh, Rhythm Heaven Fever or the Minano Rhythm Tengaku or the Beat the Beat Rhythm Paradise, depending on where you live, a soundtrack while I was at work. Uh, that's kind of just a nice soundtrack to put on in the background and and there was a song in there that I didn't recognize and you know I, I spend quite a bit of time <laughs> with the rhythm having games and so I'm usually pretty up on things but this track just kind of came out of nowhere and so I had to do some investigation because I, I really liked it I thought it was pretty 
catchy and fun and upbeat and uh, a little silly as well as those uh, songs tend to be. But it is called um, Manzai Birds, and apparently it is based off of a Japanese form of comedy called Manzai, in which um, it's a kind of comedy duo act that is performed on stage in which one member of the duo called a bokeh would tell a story, mostly kind of straightforward, but interjecting some silly or outlandish little bits. And the straight man, who's called the Tsukomi, would correct him for acting idiotic. He would, um, uh, you know, hit the other person when he says something that doesn't fit with the story or something. It's, it's kind of a, a little bit like an Abbott and Costello routine or something like that. Uh, in this particular song, you can hear that dynamic go on a little bit. The lead a vocalist in this song says line after line and if everything checks out with the uh well with the crow in the in the game he responds with a high high meaning of course yes yes for every line that makes sense and when the vulture the other one who is telling the story within the context of the game says something idiotic then the crow hits him and shouts out, Don't I yet in? Or literally, Don't be stupid. It's amusing. It's weird. I had to look it up because apparently it's not in the um, Western releases of the game. It's only in the Japanese version because it's a very much kind of a Japanese cultural thing. And I don't know if people outside of Japan <laughs> would be able to uh, necessarily relate. I had to look that all up and, and do some reading to understand what that was all about. It's a, a very fun song. It's Manzai Birds by Sunko, male symbol. <laughs> We've run across that before <laughs> on uh, Rhythm Heaven Fever on the Wii. Is this one, Charlotte, that you've played before? No, and I wasn't even really aware of it until I saw it in the show notes. Um, but mm. I've, I've recently, I went to an exhibition recently where they had Parappa the Rapper and Vib Ribbon on. And also I've been playing a lot of Persona 4 Dancing All Night and it somehow launched and and a fascination for rhythm games um, inside my head. So it's definitely one that I'm going to be looking out for. Yeah, that one's a, a real pleasure. There was, um, uh, no, what exhibition was this that they were showing these old PS1 games? Because that's pretty cool. Um, it was a Game Masters. It's called Game Masters. It's been going around the world. I think it's been so far in Scotland and it started off in Australia. So maybe it's going to come to somewhere in the U.S., soon but it's just curated examples of um games from about 12 different maybe 10 different developers and then there's also a room with arcade machines as well so it's pretty cool hmm. that sounds like fun anyways the uh, rhythm heaven series has been covered on canelerance that was issue 45 many years back if you want to hear some more about the at the time fever was the most recent entry in that series uh, since then, we've had Mega Mix on the 3DS as well. Uh, but yes, I would I would highly recommend people jump into the series. And um, of all of them, I would probably recommend the uh, Rhythm Heaven Fever on Wii the most, or Beat the Beat Rhythm Paradise, or whatever it is where where you are. Um, uh, this track's a lot of fun. I hope that you all enjoy it and uh, and can picture these these two characters in your mind having this on stage argument with one another. This is Manzai Birds. Hey, hey. 
がひらめいた。メガネにまメガネ。お餅の気持ち。鶏肉が取りにくい。電話に電話。魚かなまさかな。猫が寝転んだ。トイレにバイ。Track is a request from the forum. It comes from Flavio, who says, "Boo boo Peruche." I, I hope that's correct.、Uh, from Loco Roco, performed by Melody Chubak. My copy of the soundtrack for this came with the book with all the lyrics. It's fun to sing along. I can imagine so. This is、uh, "Boo boo Peruche" by Nobuyuki Shimizu, Kame Adachi, and vocals by Melody Chubak. From Local Roco, the very unique and colorful PSP game.、Uh, that's、uh, actually it's probably not a million miles off from、uh, Vib Ribbon and、uh, some more kind of traditionally rhythm-based games.、Mm. Uh, this one is a real interesting little <laughs> 2D platformer. You kind of control the world more than you control your character, kind of like in.、Um, Monkey ball, like it, if you have to hit the shoulder buttons to kind of tilt the world to get your little slime people to roll in a particular direction.、Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's one that I have on the Vita, and I, I really enjoy. <laughs> it's、um, <laughs> it's quite fun, and、uh, every all these、um, little slime people, based on the the color that they are, have a different song that they like to sing when they're rolling through their stages. And this in particular is the theme of the yellow slime. It's fun because they they all have different voices and different personalities, and a lot of their kind of unique personality comes through with the song that they choose. And so this song is very very lively, very upbeat, very spirited, very、uh, kind of poppy as well.、Uh, and then the、uh, vocals for the yellow slime are that of like a band of children or something. And it's fun because you can either roll up into one kind of giant yellow slime, or you can break into You know, a dozen little,、uh, little tiny ones, and if you have multiple slimes, then 
then they all kind of like sing and harmonize together. You get a real sense of like how many voices there are singing this song. And it's just, um, it, it's a good way of kind of bringing you into the world and uh, endearing these characters to you. So this Loco Roco, the original, came out in 2006. Is that around the time that the PSP itself came out? It looks like the PSP came out in around 2004. Oh, okay. And so it wasn't a uh, wasn't in the launch window, but um, still pre- probably pretty early on in the PSP's lifespan, especially because the PSP had at least one or two hardware revisions, and mm-hmm. so probably an extended lifespan on that one. Um, but of course, all of the PSP titles that are available digitally will work on the Vita, and so players with the Vita hardware, or even probably the PlayStation TV, for those who have one of those. Um, yeah, can, I do. <laughs> get into this. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got one plugged in somewhere. I used it once. But, uh, I, I like my Vita. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the old ones with the better screen on them. Mm. Uh, but anyways, let's listen to Boo Boo Peruche, <laughs> uh, Yellow's theme from Loco Roco. <laughs> Another request from the forum, this is from Mononoke, who says, Another action-oriented piece, but it couldn't be more stylistically different. Especially from that last one. (laughs) Duty Calls from the Total War Shogun 2 expansion follow the Samurai soundtrack, 
by Jeff Van Dyke is just one of the many excellently composed pieces that combines the classical orchestral bombast and splendor of more traditional video game score with the evocative and distinct sounds of traditional Japanese music and instruments. It's a combination of all of the different instrumentation that really makes the Shogun music stand out. And with this piece, one is the call of the trumpets to arms, the booming beat of the taiko drums keeping up the momentum, and the soft but powerful melody of the bamboo flute signaling the theme, the rhythm of the strings underneath holding it all together, and other Japanese percussive sounding instruments that I don't even know the name of, that nonetheless create such a wonderful Japanese sounding texture. I can already see my Bushido warriors and Ashigaru footmen rallying en masse on the battlefield. Yes, this is Duty Calls from Total War Shogun 2, uh, one of the... Uh, from what I hear, <laughs> fairly highly esteemed real-time strategy games from uh, Creative Assembly, a part of the Total War series, which I have not uh, dove into myself. I think that um, I'm kind of, uh, I, I can manage civilization, but when things get real-time, it, it starts getting a bit, <laughs> a bit stressful and uh, kind of falls out of my hands a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm not the not the best RTS player in the world. Let's listen to some duty calls from Total War Shogun 2.
right, so let's wind down from that bombast. Uh, you're bringing us something that is quite a bit more subdued and relaxing. <laughs> Although uh, the game that it's from would not necessarily suggest that offhand. <laughs> uh, now, what is this next song that's that's coming here? So the next song is um, the item box song by um, Kota Suzuki, and that is um, from Resident Evil 5. Um, a lot of people have really strong feelings, positive or negative, about Resident Evil 5 because it um, arguably, though I would say that Resident Evil 4 probably brings this on just as much, it signals the tr- transferal of Resident Evil from survival horror direction more into the action direction and a lot of people really, really don't like that. This is actually a really good game for me in the sense that I really, really like the law of, of Resident Evil and Silent Hill for, as another example, but I'm too much of a scaredy cat to actually play the games. Um, but Resident Evil 5 is just on the boundary with me where it's it's so um, action-oriented and not that scary that I can just about mm, manage yeah. to play it. And I can feel that my it's sort of weaning me onto more horror-style games playing it. Um, and also it's got quite a bit of sentimental value because it's something that I'm playing um, as co-op with my boyfriend, Paul. And it, mm. we're, we're finding that it's actually a really good date experience because we'll, we'll get <laughs> so sucked into the action and it'll almost be as if we are Chris and Sheva. Like I'm Sheva and he's Chris. And like mm-hmm. I am the shotgun woman. I, I will go around headshotting zombies who are about to eat him um, <laughs> while he is the machine gun guy and will be mowing down hordes while I'm running around in circles trying to figure out what I'm doing. Nothing more romantic than a little good murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but but to bring me back to the specific track, we'll get to the end of a level and we'll be so sucked into what we're doing. We'll just be like, I'll have probably some machine gun bullets and I'll, he'll be like, give me those and I'll give you these. And it'll be like, we're really the characters in the game. And at the mm. end, he'll just be like, oh, cheers, darling. <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> a really cute moment. So this item box song um, is really foreboding, but also give, gives me a really good feeling when I hear it. Well, yes, of course, the Resident Evil series has returned in a, uh, in a very unexpected but very cool way for Resident Evil 7. Uh, I, I'd imagine I certainly <laughs> fall into the same um, the same camp that you do of uh, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat when it comes <laughs> to scary games as well. <laughs> and so uh, Resident Evil looks, um, uh, Resident Evil 7 anyways, looks uh, probably a bit beyond <laughs> what I'm typically comfortable with, but it's getting... Um, all the all the best reviews and uh, some really good word of mouth as it's kind of returned to forum in the style of PT, of all things, um, the ill-fated Silent Hills demo that uh, Hideo Kojima produced. But um, it's uh, neat to see the Resident Evil series kind of take a different turn. Uh, I like that the series is not so beholden to one aesthetic that they're not willing to experiment when new ideas come around and uh, certainly Resident Evil 5 was another uh, uh, another interesting experiment uh, whether or not it was successful what it did is up for the uh, individual discretion but it's um, I, I, I don't hear anything bad about it from those who have played it in co-op yeah. apparently it's a very enjoyable experience that way uh, and a bit uh, bit silly at moments as well. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, having said that, um, I am really enjoying it, but um, there has been like a few occasions where I've saved Paul's skin where he's about to get killed and I've just jumped in. But there are many, many more times where I've just been running around doing nothing and not knowing really what I'm doing. And Paul's just there like mowing down 20 zombies at once and being like, where are you? So um, it's, I can't say that it's very enjoyable for him because it probably is similar for him to not playing in co-op because I am probably as bad as the AI, but I'm having a blast. So um, I definitely really like the action co-op style Resident Evil. And I actually really want to buy six because of that, even though I've heard a lot more negative things about six. Yeah, well, there's uh, there's plenty of Resident Evil out there for whatever people's tastes are. I'm sure there's even like digital collectible card games and cooking simulators and stuff. <laughs> it seems like every genre has a Resident Evil game in there somewhere. But anyways, let's listen to some uh, surprisingly relaxing item box music from Resident <laughs> Evil 5. This next track is a, a little bit more kind of upbeat. Uh, this is from an upcoming game, actually. This is 2017's Ukulele, which we've heard a little bit in the past on here. This is Challenge Theme by David Wise, the uh, the composer of the Donkey Kong Country series, most famously. I uh, did a lot of Rare's early stuff and has uh, come back and dabbled every once in a while with other soundtracks and of post the super nintendo period but he was most prolific in the nes and super nes uh, period of rares output and development um but I, I think we most recently before this heard him on the soundtrack to donkey kong country tropical freeze which he contributed quite a bit to that he's also composing the soundtrack for the upcoming snake pass the Rare Legacy is best embodied in Ukulele, the kind of Banjo-Kazooie-like upcoming 3D platformer, which I, for one, <laughs> am very much looking forward to. Are, are, are you um, invested in Ukulele in the future? Is this something that you, uh, that you have on your horizon? Yeah, I definitely want to play it, but I wouldn't say I'm invested in it because um, I have <laughs> okay. no... Um, 
no real background with Donkey mm. Kong and um, and Banjo Kazooie. I wasn't much of a. I never had a Nintendo sixty four um, okay. or the earlier um, home Nintendo consoles. Um, I almost bought an X back in the day. I almost bought an Xbox three sixty because I wanted to play Nuts and Bolts, which in hindsight was probably mm-hmm. a really good idea that I didn't end up doing that. Nuts and Bolts is another very divisive one. Um, I, I would say that the first two Banjo-Kazooie games have held up really well. Uh, mm. uh, first one, better than the second. But uh, yeah, Nuts and Bolts, I have tried to go back to on the Xbox One and the Rare Replay collection. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's just, it's a little tricky to go back to these days because like, there is the fundamentally like a really interesting game there, but uh, the it it just seems like the port that they put on to the Xbox One was really poorly optimized. The frame rate is really poor, and uh, it just kind of techni- uh, technically the game is let down a fair amount. But um, overall, I think it's a it's a pretty neat experience, and I'm glad that I had that experience once. Uh, but Ukulele, I think, is the evolution of the Banjo Kazooie series that I wanted more than Nuts and Bolts uh, as interesting as that game was Mm. um but i'm uh, very much looking forward to playing this one comes out in uh probably just like a month or so uh maybe even less than that i have to check the calendar again in particular this is the challenge theme uh set up for kind of individual challenges uh challenge rooms and stuff like that like you would get in the old donkey Kong country games Uh, I've seen this one labeled elsewhere as like the jungle challenge theme. So maybe there are different challenge themes for the different level levels. I can't really say right now. It's an interesting song. I think the instrumentation is really lovely. It's very light, very airy. I would say it almost gets a little too close to sounding like a modern pop song. (laughs) It kind of like (laughs) triggers that part of my brain, um, Mm. which is kind of a, uh, it's kind of a weird trap that my brain falls in every once in a while. I get that with a few songs from the Planet Coaster soundtrack as well. It's like, it sounds it sounds like a pop song and not like something that I'd expect to hear in the background of a video game. Mm. But uh, overall, I think that it's uh, really fun. It's very lighthearted. It uh, has some really nice kind of change-ups throughout the piece. And uh, I think it comes together pretty well. This is Challenge Theme, composed by the great David Wise from Ukulele.
Alright, our next track is another request from the forum. This comes from Sean S. Thomas, who says, At the time, I was one of the few people who thought that Siphon Filter was a better game than Metal Gear Solid. In hindsight, and having attempted to replay the second in the series, I've been proven to be very wrong indeed. (laughs) But at the time, I really enjoyed the trio of games and their more action-oriented gameplay. This theme was a great throwback to classic TV themes of my youth like Airwolf and would probably be the nice intro to one of your shows. (laughs) Sorry about that. We uh, we didn't put that at the top of the show as you had suggested there, but um, I, I did want to feature the track nonetheless. Because it's um, it it does have a really kind of uh a fun energy to it. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like if somebody made this track today, it would obviously be kind of like a tongue-in-cheek throwback joke, <laughs> uh, a kind of sounding almost like intentionally over the top like '80s action movie. But I have a feeling that we were kind of like still in that in that cultural headspace at the time when this was made. And so I, I can only assume that it's uh, entirely genuine in what it's going for. And in having that kind of conviction, genuineness, uh, it, it is a real, like, real kick-ass song. <laughs> <laughs> now, this isn't one that I've played. I am familiar with the front cover mm-hmm. from uh, game stores back in the day. Uh, but I've I've never been all that good at stealth games. Uh, are, do you have any uh, particular fascination with the stealth genre? Well, I really like the stealth genre, but I'm terrible at it. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> so yes. um, like I was playing. I'm playing Final Fantasy 15 at the minute. Um, borrowed from mm. my boyfriend. The stealth classic, of course. <laughs> well, but there is a section <laughs> in the dreaded chapter 13 where the best way to tackle it <laughs> is to be stealthy. And I thought, sod it, I'm not going to be stealthy. I'm just going to, um, I forget what the um, enemy is called, but it's the big level 31 with the massive sword um, who mm-hmm. also sends energy balls at you. I forget. I think it's in the third part of the chapter. But um, I spent mm. 40 min- minutes killing this thing, thinking once it's gone, it's out of the way. Um, and it respawned within four seconds. I was just like, oh. screw <laughs> this game. I'm not playing this game for a few days. I'm too <laughs> mad. Um, yeah. And like I have um, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 sat on my shelves, but I, I'm mm. just... I really, really want to play them, but I just know I'm going to be so bad at them. I, I need to have the patience to get through them. Hitman as well. I've tried playing Hitman and just messed everything up. Like um, my boyfriend. Uh, the newest ones or the older ones? Um, it was the second one that we were playing. And um, mm, okay. my boyfriend ref- left the room to go and get a drink. And I tried to do a bit and I ended up um, with an entire SWAT team on me and just he spent (laughs) half an hour trying to fix it and then decided it was unfixable so yeah (laughs) Uh, yes of course um chapter 13 dreaded in Final Fantasy 15 and also the Final Fantasy series as a whole for many for many people Uh, but um yeah I'm I'm kind of the same way I like the idea of stealth games but I just I don't think that my brain works that way like every time I play, no matter how careful I am, there's always somebody who I don't, who's just in the wrong space, who sees me and just ruins all of my plans. I find it very frustrating. I've played through the Metal Gear Solid series to kind of absorb the story, but in most of the games, I've had to 
uh, turn it down to the lowest difficulty, uh, which in um, Metal Gear Solid 3, I think there are like five or seven difficulties. And mm-hmm. so when when I select the lowest one, I feel the the shame of of that <laughs> even more. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> like, there? Oh, I have so much experience. I should at least be able to play on the second or third, but <laughs> oh well. Isn't the one game in the Metal Solid uh, Metal Gear Solid series where um, it actually actively shames you if you pick the easiest setting, or am I thinking of something else? Hmm, you know that uh, that doesn't ring a bell, but that sounds exactly like the kind of thing that Kojima would do. <laughs> So, yeah, I <laughs> don't know about that, but that would not surprise me in the least. <laughs> uh, I, I think they have a ranking at the end of the game. And if you play on a lower difficulty, it gives you kind of an embarrassing animal. But anyways, this is not about Metal Gear Solid, as as fun as that series is. Uh, this is a piece from Siphon Filter. And of course, this is the main theme composed by Chuck Dowd. I hope you enjoy that, that classic game from 989 Games, which does not exist anymore, but I I do remember some of that 989 output. Anyways, main theme from Siphon Filter. with something very different. I have uh, grown to be a fan of this particular series ever since its reboot uh, just a few years back. But uh, this comes from a Rayman game that was uh, before I was um, 
intimately familiar with the series. I'm one of those uh, Rayman newbies, so to speak. Is this particular game, uh, Rayman 2, the one of the 2D or 3D ones? Um, it's a 3D one. Um, mm, cool. I think it's the... F- yeah, it must be because it's the second one. It's the first 3D one. And it's just done... Even though it's the first one, it's just done so well. I, I do remember hearing a lot of positive things about this game, a lot of praise for this one. Uh, but uh, I, I've only played the littlest, tiniest little bit before. Uh, so uh, why don't you tell us about this song and about the game in general? I did start the Rayman series with the first game. Um, but at the time, um, I was probably about five or six. And the first Rayman game was really, really difficult. Like probably not that difficult compared to earlier platforms, platformers, which used to be very, very difficult. Um, but it was a difficult platformer. So I just lost patience with it very quickly, even though it was a good game. Um, so very recently, I came back to it with Rayman Revolution. And uh, the div- difficulty was notched down a little bit. And also all of the design features were just added to um, tremendously. Everything was very pretty, very good soundtrack. And so I was like, yeah, it's okay that I'm not that into Rayman, even though I can respect it. But Rayman Revolution is definitely a step up in what um, Ubisoft Montpellier were doing. Um, And I'm always a sucker for cute characters in games. Um, If a character, yeah, (laughs) if a platformer has a cute character, then I think that's a sign that it's a good platformer, to be totally honest. The song is called The Teensy Circle by Eric Chevalier. And it helps to make the teensies even cuter. I would say that that is why I find the teensies so cute, that they have these little cute tunes around when they're gathering together. Mm. Very nice. So this is the teensy circle uh, from Rayman 2, um, also known as Rayman Revolution. Is that a regional thing? No, actually. Um, It came out, first of all, on the I can't, I can't remember the order but it came out on the Dreamcast the um, N64 and the PS1 and for example the PS1 version had some pretty big problems with levels missing and stuff so they decided to I think it was only a year or two later they decided to um, make a version which was um, on the PS2 um and this is i think it adds an over i do have the the original rayman 2 but i've not played it um but rayman revolution adds a um overworld and refines certain things a little Mm. bit more and adds the levels back in that were missing um so the general advice is to either play the dreamcast version i think of um rayman 2 or to play the polished version which is rayman revolution interesting All right. So anyways, the teensy circle, (laughs) without further ado, from Rayman 2 and Rayman Revolution.
We just have one track left today, but before we listen to that, remember you can venture over to our forum at canonrinse.com forum, where you can request tracks of your own and we will play a selection of those in every show. We have quite a list, and so if you don't hear your track immediately, do not fret, we will get to it at some point, I'm sure. Uh, we just have a, uh, a list of excellent pieces that we, uh, we, we like to go through. We might have to start turning this into a daily show because we get so many excellent requests. That is not actually something that's going to happen. That would require far too much work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, you can uh, find us on Twitter at Canonrince. And uh, please do check out our other podcast if you have not done that yet. That is the Kane and Rince podcast uh, where we do kind of long form uh, art history discussions of video games kind of contextualizing and giving um, more kind of contemporaneous feedback about games new and old mostly old but uh some sometimes new uh, but uh it's uh it's endlessly fascinating i can say now that i am uh, no longer on the recording team and it doesn't sound so much like i'm patting myself on the back uh, but um it's uh it's always a highlight of my week to be able to listen to those uh, please do subscribe to sound of play uh, on itunes and please do leave us a rating that helps our visibility uh, we also do have a patreon over at uh, patreon.com slash where if you enjoy some of the work that we do uh, you can contribute to the show if you so choose. There is nothing locked behind paywalls. We aim to keep everything free and accessible to everybody, um, but it does kind of help keep the lights on in the studio, so to speak. Um, helps the recordings sound even better than they did before. Um, helps get some of the crew members' equipment and uh, software and everything to make the podcast smoother and more enjoyable to listen to. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, that is going to just about do it for our show. I would like to uh, to thank Charlotte before we go. Uh, would you like to tell our listeners where they can find you and follow some of your tweets and writings? Yeah, um, so I mainly write at the minute for Destructoid Community and Skirmish Frogs, as I said before, um, as Charlotte Cuts. You can just find me by looking up my name. Um, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter as well as uh, Spoopy Charlotte, so S-P-O-O-P-Y Charlotte. Probably not the best Twitter handle, but there you go. Um, and I just <laughs> tweet random nonsense and also whenever I write anything, um, you'll find it on there. So we very much enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, but anyways, this last track is another 2017 track. I am bringing a couple of just brand new hot off the presses <laughs> tracks for this show. Uh, this one I put at the end of the show because if people are super sensitive about spoilers, then you could probably turn off now and be OK. Um, but I don't think it's a tremendous spoiler. But uh, this one does come from. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And so um, I just want to give everyone that option that uh, if, uh, if you don't want to listen to any of the music before you encounter it in the game, then that is understandable. I will not judge you and there will not be a uh, juicy game giveaway later in the show or anything like that. This is a track called Rito Village Day by Manaka Kataoka and Yasuaki Iwata. And this particular track really struck me when I found the Rito Village, which is the 
village of bird people who live in the middle of this giant canyon on this uh, kind of precariously windy mountain. This particular track I really love because it's a throwback to one of the songs from The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker called Dragon Roost Island on that one, which was a real highlight of not only that game, but uh, uh, one of the major highlights of the entire series music for me. And so it's a real treat to hear that song kind of referenced and brought back in such a really cool way. Well, the original Dragon Roost Island, I always loved for being a very uh, emotionally charged track. Uh, it, it has a very kind of sweet and homely, relaxing main refrain, but it, it would kick into a second stanza or like a bridge or something that um, that changed in just a very like very subtle but just really impactful way that every time I listen to that original track, whenever that that second refrain kicks in, I just uh, it just like really kind of hits me in the gut. Yeah, but it's such a such a beautiful piece of music. And when I was running around this village, um, even the the tracks in Breath of the Wild that are remixes of old songs or or um, kind of rescored versions of these older tracks are uh, so different that they really stand on their own. They're not just kind of like calling back for callback's sake. That it took me a little bit to recognize that this is the song that was playing. And when it did, it just, I, I don't know, it just really kind of grabbed me and, and made me feel the, uh, the accumulated weight of the series up to this point of feeling like, you know, this is a callback that feels really earned from the now like 30 years of history. And in, in some small, stupid way, like this track kind of brought me into the it, it kind of transitioned breath of the wild from just being an excellent zelda game to really being like a um like a culmination of the entire series up to this point like all of the references that it made uh just are really intelligently conveyed you, you definitely kind of feel the um the importance and the a dignity of a series that has been going on for so long. And even though I am, I, I kind of have an off and on relationship with the Legend of Zelda series. I like about half of them and I kind of just don't like about half of them as well, which isn't like a tremendous track record for a series for my personal experience. But like something about it is like when Zelda gets it right, like it gets it very right. And even the, games in the series that I don't like, like I still have a emotional connection to that experience. And, and, you know, of course, luckily <laughs> Wind Waker is one of the ones that I do really, really like. And, uh, one of my favorites from the series. And so I really like hearing, um, music from that, but, you know, even some of the ones that I don't like, like when I see those referenced in Breath of the Wild, it still kind of hits me because it just feels grand and feels important. And I oh, just love it. Uh, Charlotte, how far back do you go with the Legend of Zelda series? Um, unfortunately, I've not had very many positive experiences with the series, which <laughs> means that I've kind of not pursued any other games. Mm. Um, the first one I ever played was Oracle of Seasons. 
um, when I was okay, a, a very yeah. young. That's uh, my first as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't like that game at all. Like I just didn't, I was, I was too young. I just didn't really get what I was yeah, supposed to yeah. do. It's a pretty complicated one, really. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then a, f- a fair few years later, um, around about the time I got my Wii, um, I got the uh, Twilight Princess um, release for the Wii. Mm-hmm. And Again, I just didn't really click with it. I played about an hour and I was just, maybe I should have persevered more, but I was just like, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not interested in what's going on. I've got other games that I want to play. Um, At the moment, I really want to play, um, get a 3DS um, soonish so I can play the Majora's Mask re-release because that Hmm. looks like a game, like the, the slightly darker tones looks like something that I would really enjoy. So... Yeah, and I don't have Breath of yeah, the Wild. Yeah, that one is probably my favorite of uh, of the series, mostly for its uh, kind of aesthetic and story, which I also really love. But um, yeah, the gameplay in that one is still a little, uh, little archaic and a little um, kind of hides behind the curtain quite a bit. But uh, it, it's it's definitely manageable and more manageable on the 3DS than it was on the N64. Mm-hmm. So not a bad jumping in point. Um, if you're looking for something to just really kind of like uh, kickstart you into the series, uh, A Link Between Worlds, also on the 3DS, is wonderful. Mm. It's um, really streamlined, but uh, it, it doesn't feel necessarily like easier. Like it, it's not like a not like Zelda Light. Mm. Like it's just as good as any of the other Zelda games, but it's a lot more accessible, and I uh, I really love that one. Mm. Um, but yeah, Breath of the Wild has been uh, kind of taking my breath away, <laughs> so to speak. I've been playing that on the Switch over the past few days. And as kind of cynical as I was going into the game, I didn't really expect that much from it because, uh, you know, for me, like a, the Zelda title isn't a guarantee that I'm going to enjoy the game. Mm. It's kind of like a 50-50 crapshoot for me. But I've been so happy playing the game like every moment that i'm in the game like i'm uh just having so much fun and like i never thought that i would say this but like i really enjoy the combat in a zelda game (laughs) which is usually not its highlight uh but it's uh, just exploring the world feeling entirely not pressured to pursue the main storyline uh fighting all these interesting monsters and going to all these wonderful places. I, I just the other day stumbled upon the Master Sword without even really looking for it. It's a really kind of magical experience and one that uh, was worth all of the delays. <laughs> uh, really happy to be playing that on, on the Switch now. Uh, but anyways, I will leave you with this track, Rito Village Day. Uh, of course, there's an equally beautiful Rito Village Night You have a nice kind of acoustic guitar, uh, at least that's what it sounds like to me, piece playing a a nice kind of homey around the campfire musical riff throughout the the piece. And then the the main Dragon Roost Island theme when that kicks up is um, just really, really kind of cuts through, I I think due to my attachment to the original song. But um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful piece of music from Breath of the Wild. So anyways, thank you for joining us. We will see you next week.